Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. A lengthy, lengthy weekend visit for Derek Carr and the New York Jets. And this has got to get done sooner rather than later. It's Canty and Carla in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Christopher Arthur Canty, good morning. Good morning, big fella. I would say this about the Derek Carr visit to Florham Park. Usually when you have dinner and the morning after and you're still hanging around, things tend to work out. It's, it's essentially consummating the relationship, no? Well, I would think so. They went to lunch as well at a lovely place in Summit, yeah. New Jersey that I know. Uh, listen, uh, you would think it would be starting to come together a little bit after what Jeff Darlington called was a, a great, great visit. So let us just begin there with the franchise tags about to be applied across the league. Here we go! Only one place to start. Canty, I am of the opinion that the Jets cannot be dealing on the second and third tier of quarterbacks here because I don't think it's going to help them enough. Now, look, if we're going to set the bar at what Zach Wilson and Mike White are, we're setting it entirely too low, trying to be better than them because there are 15 guys who are better than them easily right now who could be available. But this needs to be at a higher level. This needs to be at a Derek Carr level. And I've, I've heard a lot of Derek Carr malice, so to speak, over the mm. last few days. People thinking, well, Derek Carr's not all that good. He's never gotten anywhere with the Raiders. I'd argue that the Jets have a better team right now outside of the quarterback than Derek Carr has ever had with the Raiders, and it would be an ideal fit here. Well, Carlin, Matt Stafford never got anywhere with the Detroit Lions, but when he went to the Los Angeles Rams in year one, they won a championship. Yep. So that would be the same logic if the Jets are pursuing Derek Carr, and the great part about that is, unlike the Rams, the Jets don't have to give up multiple first-round picks to acquire him. It just costs you money. So I understand that Jets fans are hoping for pie in the sky and maybe Aaron Rodgers would bestow his good graces upon their franchise, but with a player as mercurial as Rodgers, coupled with the fact that you'd have to wait on the Green Bay Packers in terms of when they would want to deal him and making it a post-June 1 trade, I think you got to go with the burden at hand, which is Derek Carr. Go ahead and pony up. Spend the money that it takes. Maybe it's a deal that makes you blush a little bit, 43 44 $45 million a year, but at least you guarantee competent quarterback play, Carlin. He's not a back-to-back MVP like Aaron Rodgers was coming into 2022. But, Carlin, you are talking about a quarterback that has four Pro Bowls since 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how he brought leadership to the Raiders franchise in 2021 after the John Gruden scandal, after the Henry Ruggs tragedy, after what failed first-round pick Damon Arnett did on social media. Derek Carr shepherded the Las Vegas Raiders through all of that and ultimately allowed them to get to the postseason in that year. Well, look, why would you not want to bring that kind of leadership into an organization, into a locker room that is loaded with talent? You should want to, especially after what they went through this past year with a lack of leadership at that position. You should be dying to get something like that. And that, by the way, is also why I'm staying away from the Prince of Darkness, okay? (laughs) Let me know when you're going to poke your little head out and tell me that there's going to be six more years of Jet losing because you're not going to show up here. Is he the NFL equivalent of Poxitani Phil? He basically is. (laughs) He basically is. He's in the darkness. He comes out. He sees his shadow. He goes back in. He could come to the— 
It's 10 more years of purgatory for the Jets. Exactly. Exactly. He could come to the Jets and you would call him Dark Sanchez. That's what you would do. Because he has not come out this weekend from his darkness retreat or whatever it is. And I don't care anymore. Because, Canty, I I read this this morning in Peter King's column. And and I'm blown away by this sentiment in and of itself about a future Hall of Famer. This is from Bob McGinn, who is a longtime chronicler, as Peter put it, of the Green Bay Packers, a guy that's covered them for a very, very long time. And he said this in Tyler Dunn's Go Long Substack, okay? But this this is damning. As of right now, I'm convinced, based on my own instincts, knowing the NFL, knowing what happens after all these defeats and discussions with someone who has firsthand knowledge of the organization of the Packers' internal debates, they are done with Rodgers. That's the way it is right now. He's not coming back. They're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. They've turned the page. They don't see him as a guy who's really working hard anymore. They see a guy who, when he reported this year, his body wasn't so-called, quote, tight and strong as it was. They see a guy who blew off the offseason last year. Wow. Canty, I simply ask this question. When you read that, somebody who's been around the team for a very, very, very long time, and I keep coming back to the same sentiment here with this question. If... Someone shows you who they are time and again. Shouldn't you believe them? You have to, right? You just have to. And under the circumstances, how can you trust that you're going to get the best version of Aaron Rodgers when he sets foot in your locker room, knowing that 2023 will be his age 40 season? I'm just not comfortable with that kind of a gamble. And if you're Rob Sala and Joe Douglas, can you afford to wait? on Aaron Rodgers. Think about all of the things that have to happen this offseason from free agency to taking care of your own guys and getting, you know, consequential contract extensions worked out, Quinn and Williams, uh, chief among them, and then the NFL draft. You got all of those things to do potentially before making a move to trade for Aaron Rodgers. If I'm the New York Jets, Carlin, I want to lock in certainty at the most important position in all the team sports, which is the quarterback spot. And then I can build my offseason plan around the best way to support Derek Carr and the rest of the talent that we have in that locker room. That's the only course of action that makes sense to me. Sitting here waiting on Aaron Rodgers and, and not making a move for one of these other guys beforehand just seems illogical. And, and, and certainly it seems like a pathway for Joe Douglas and Rob Sala to get out of town. Because let's be clear about one thing. If they mess this up, if yep. they botch – this quarterback decision this offseason, both of those guys are going to be fired by the end of 2023. No question. No question. Because the Jets need to be in the playoffs at the very least this coming year, and the only way to do that is if they get that right. Now, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Canty, I'll ask you this question, though. If you're Derek Carr, do you want to come to New York? Does New York bother you? Because that is not something that we have considered a whole lot, but this is somebody who has been with the Raiders for his entire career, played his college career in Fresno. Why, if you're Derek Carr, 
would you want to deal with the New York media and the New York spotlight unless you are convinced that you can 100% win there? Well, I don't know that Derek Carr is going to come under more scrutiny than he's already been when he, since he's been in the National Football League with the Raiders. The we Raiders always say are, that, Canty, but the there's Raiders, always the Raiders, something. The Raiders, here's, here, Not with things. him, but with well, New no, York well, and the Jets. <laughs> well, if you let me spit it out, Carlin, the, Ra- the Raiders are a national brand. Like They have a national fan base, so there's a lot of attention paid to what they got going on out there. And a lot of people have mixed opinions about Derek Carr. He's one of the most polarizing players in the National Football League, and yet the way he leads his life is not polarizing at all. Mm. In terms of the character of the individual that you would be bringing into the franchise, you don't have to worry about Derek Carr in New York. You just don't. All right? Well, but I'm not worried the, about the, him, but... the question becomes, what happens if he doesn't win? But you're going to have that same question no matter who the Jets bring in at the quarterback spot, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Lamar Jackson. If they don't win... There's going to be a high degree of scrutiny that that player is under, and the brass of the organization is going to be also critiqued as well. So I, I don't look at it as a situation of whether or not Derek Carr can handle New York, and I'm sure as a competitor that's not something that scares him off. He's been around the National Football League for a damn long time. His brother David was drafted in 2000 by the Houston Texans. So it's not like this dude has been around the NFL for a long time. He understands how all of this goes. So, to me, the prospects of playing in New York is not going to scare him off. It's just a matter of does he trust the organization to be functional enough to make the right decisions around him that allows this team to compete at a really high level. Because it's not just about getting to the playoffs, although in year one for Joe Douglas and Rob Sala, that's what it's about. But for Derek Carr, based on the talent that's on this team, can you get to the playoffs? Can you go on a deep playoff run? I believe if they did land Derek Carr, they would have the ability to do that. I think so, too. And I'm not worried about Carr himself in New York. I'm worried about whether he wants to deal with the scrutiny that comes with the Jets just because it's the Jets. And I hate I hate to put it this way because I'm not always a big believer in this, but there's always been something that pops up, right? Everything looks entirely too good at this point to not suggest that given their history, that something would pop up to cause headaches along the way. That, that's all I'm looking at if I'm him, because I do think there is a healthy skepticism about the organization around the league right now, given the owner and given everything that has happened over the last 10 to 12 years, if not the last 50. Yeah, but with a good GM and a good head coach, this team went to -to back-to-back conference championship games. I get Mm -hmm. it. It was a decade ago. But if you have competent people running the show, then you're going to be in a pretty good spot if you have the requisite talent. And Joe Douglas, say what you will about him, he he missed on the Zach Wilson pick. That was a huge whiff. But he's been pretty solid in the draft in terms of getting talent that can contribute and be impact players. He's why they're in this position. No no doubt. And yeah. then Rob Sala showed me last year that this guy knows how to coach. He's oriented on the defensive side of the ball, and we're talking about the Jets being a championship-caliber defense in year two. So that's what you're looking for. Can he coach? He proved he can coach. Do you have a general manager that can buy the groceries? Absolutely. The only thing that's holding this team back is a quarterback. And you have the opportunity to get one with the quarterback carousel this year because they have so many guys that are along for the ride. So we'll see what ends up happening. I do think the Jets have a lot of good options. But, Carlin, this is a situation where they need to bait all of the hooks and they reel in whichever one bites first, whether that's Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, or Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think it will be the former 
as opposed to the latter, just based on how the timeline is going to work out and the mechanics of how a Rodgers trade would have to work or a Jackson trade would have to work. But I, I look at this as a situation right now where beggars can't be choosers. The Jets have to get an upgrade at the quarterback spot if they're going to find themselves in the postseason this season. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. So how did the visit go? Our ESPN NFL insider, he has got the answers for us next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. So Derek Carr visited the Jets this weekend. Exactly how did that visit go? We find out in 30 seconds with the great Jeff Darlington on ESPN Radio. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. What's one of the biggest hiring challenges in 2023? Well, it's standing out to top talent. So how can you break through the clutter and attract the most qualified candidates for your business? You can do it with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology sends you great candidates for your job, and you can send a personal invite to your top choices, which helps you stand out. Get your job noticed by the best and brightest candidates with ZipRecruiter Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are on Sirius XM Channel 80 as well. We welcome in ESPN NFL insider Jeff Darlington to the show right now. So, Jeff, Derek Carr visited the Jets this weekend. What do we know about how that visit went? Well, we know the Jets have an interesting predicament on their hands, guys. Um, the, The visit went really well, I'm told, and not necessarily surprising at all. Uh, there was, you know, Derek Carr is a very likable person, and uh, the Jets have an organization that was excited about meeting him. So the question now, though, that will linger over Florham Park is what to do. We've talked about this as a hypothetical, the idea that Derek Carr could be a person that they 
would like to sign, but they also would have potentially have to wait on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to figure out what they're doing. Um, that is the reality now. That is the absolute truth, that the Jets do believe that Derek Carr um, can, can lead them to potentially where they want to go. Uh, they are also incredibly intrigued by Aaron Rodgers. But until Rodgers and the Packers figure out if, number one, the Packers, uh, that Rodgers wants out, number two, that the Packers are willing to trade him, and number three, that they can do this on a timeline that uh, affords the Jets the ability to wait on him while not completely insulting Derek Carr in the process. Jeff, staying with the gangrene theme, former Jets head coach Rex Ryan our colleague interviewed with the Denver Broncos for the position of defensive coordinator on Sean Payton's new staff. What's the latest on that front? Where do we stand in terms of the potential candidates that are being considered with that job? No decision there. Vance Joseph and Rex Ryan are the two guys that are obviously the main candidates we're watching in Denver. But uh, Rex has said that, that he will not leave his role on countdown on our ESPN countdown, uh, unless it's a perfect situation. And, you can certainly make a case that Denver is a is a pretty good job, especially with Sean Payton going there to revitalize the offense, uh, a team that obviously is coming off of a really tough year, but a defense that still has the type of promise that Rex Ryan could probably look at and say, I can extract some really good potential out of these guys. So um, no decision there, though. Uh, Two, two names, though, certainly in Vance and Rex that we're watching closely. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL Insider, joining Canty and Carlin. Jeff, the franchise tag window opens tomorrow. How do we expect mm-hmm. the Ravens to proceed here with Lamar Jackson? Well, it's also another really interesting one. Um, and not to go too in the weeds here, but the Ravens are likely to tag Lamar Jackson while they continue to try to get a long-term deal done. Uh, the question is which tag they use. If they use... Uh, there's two tags they could use, exclusive and non-exclusive. The exclusive costs more money, like $13 million more uh, would be his guaranteed salary for 2023 as opposed to the non-exclusive, but it allows the Ravens to negotiate exclusively with Lamar Jackson. The non-exclusive tag, while cheaper, ultimately would open the door for another team to say, uh, you know what, we want to get in on this negotiation with Lamar Jackson. We uh, they could they could put in an offer sheet. They could make an offer to Lamar Jackson, and if uh, the Ravens decline to match that offer, that team. Let's just throw the Atlanta Falcons as a team that's been widely speculated. They could make an offer. Uh, if the Ravens did not match that offer, the Falcons would have to give the Ravens two first-round picks mm. in compensation. So what makes it interesting is I, I mean, Mike Tannenbaum were kind of going back and forth on this on Get Up. He thinks use the non-exclusive because it's cheaper and you'd still get two first-round picks. I say that's crazy. Use the exclusive because Deshaun Watson coveted, he got three first-round picks in additional compensation when he was traded to the Browns. I think the Ravens could get more than two first-round picks. Uh, and uh, and I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to play on the tag anyway. So the salary costs really, to me, doesn't matter because – you're either going to wind up trading him or you're going to wind up signing him to a long-term deal anyway. Well, Jeff, you hinted toward which tag placed on Lamar Jackson as being an indicator for how close the two sides are on a long-term deal. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I, – I did. I was saying that on Get Up. Um, yeah, I think that if, if they put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar, 
Um, I, I think it's probably an indication that things aren't heading in a great direction, I, I would say, that they don't feel like it's going to get done. But uh, you could make a case either way on that, honestly. Uh, you could put the exclusive on him thinking that it's not going to get done, but you want the rights to be able to trade him. So, you know, I, I don't know that that's, even though I said that, I don't know if it's the biggest indicator of where they stand. Uh, it could still go either direction. They could still get the long-term deal done. They could still tag and trade him, or, or they could still get poached by another team coming in and offering two firsts. But to me, it's just, it's more, it's more interesting the decision they make because if they do put that non-exclusive on them, like, I mean, there's no way Lamar Jackson is playing for $30 million in 2023. It ain't happening. So if they do that, uh, I think that it kind of either expresses naivety or basically the sense that they just don't think it's going to get done. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL Insider. Last one, how do you expect the Giants to handle Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, especially in the wake of Jones switching agents this weekend? Yeah, I was talking to um, uh, some Giants sources last night about this, and uh, look, they want to keep both guys. They want to sign both guys. From what I'm told, uh, they, they want to sign both guys without using the tag on either one. Whether that's practical, we'll find out. The negotiations with Saquon are ongoing. Um, I'm told that there is still a gap there, that they haven't really closed that gap, but they obviously have the time between now and March 7th is the deadline to place the tag on a player. So that's like the date we should watch with Daniel and, and Saquon. Daniel getting a new agent kind of starts that negotiation at, uh, at zero. But basically, March 7th, they're not going to tag either of those guys yet because they'll negotiate with both. And then March 7th, they'll probably look at both guys and say, all right, here's the offers on the table. You can both take them. If, but if one of you doesn't take it, uh, we're going to tag you, and the other guy could take it. So, like, there's some games that the Giants could potentially play here to, to kind of benefit, but ultimately they want both guys in the building. And I would say right now it looks like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley will be on the Giants roster in 2023 in some capacity. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL Insider. Great stuff, bud. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Canty, if Mm. I'm the Giants, I'm not screwing around here. I'm more than happy to give Daniel Jones the non-exclusive franchise tag because there's no chance that somebody is going to pay him and give up two first-round picks for him. I have got so much more leverage when it comes to Daniel Jones than I do with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and the franchise tag gives you maximum leverage, especially if – the New York Giants are of the opinion that you can find replacement-level play at the running back spot. Maybe not somebody as dynamic as Saquon, but you can easily, more easily replace him as opposed to the quarterback. That's why I'm with you a thousand percent. But, Carlin, I got to say this in terms of how all of this is going to play out. If I'm the Giants, I'm trying to sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term deal. And I know that's counterintuitive when we talk about running backs in today's NFL for all the reasons I just laid out. But I I can't – I can't justify letting Saquon walk out of the building knowing how important he was to that team. I'm skeptical, as everybody else is, about paying a running back. But I, I can't let him walk out of the building. Where's the line? Well, here's the thing. The top of the market in terms of average annual value is Christian McCaffrey. He's getting $16 million a year. And the franchise tag for running backs is $10 million. So maybe the middle ground, 
that $13 million is the place that the two sides end up settling on on a long-term deal. But how long? That's the thing. Well, see, and that's the thing. And and I got to give Bill Barnwell a little bit of credit because he kind of outlined this in an article that he had on .com over the weekend. But he was saying that if you go an extra year with Saquon, if you make it a four-year deal instead of a three-year deal, then all of a sudden it's a situation where you're free and clear to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones and you guarantee that both players – the t- best two players on the offensive side of the ball outside of Andrew Thomas are back with your team. And to me, that's exactly what you have to do. Like, I, I, I you need both guys back. And I'm not saying both guys are, are going to lead this team to a championship, but I think both guys are instrumental in terms of the program building for Brian Dayball and Joe Shane. And both guys produced this year at a high level. I mean, Saquon Barkley set a career high with rushing yards, and Daniel Jones played in pretty much every regular season game, so except for the last one. But he was healthy. He didn't miss a game due to injury, and he won a playoff game. It sends a strong message when you reward the guys that produced, and there's no doubt that both of those guys produced. So for me, I can stomach going an extra year with Saquon Barkley rather than a three-year deal like Nick Chubb got, giving him a four-year deal. I'd rather do that than to sign Daniel Jones to a long-term contract and not be sold on him. Well, I can get from out under a long-term contract with a running back if I don't like him because it's less money. But when you start talking about Daniel Jones on a long-term contract, it gets much more expensive and much more difficult in terms of trying to get out of that deal. Well, quickly, if I, I, I didn't love hearing that the Giants don't want to tag either one. I didn't love hearing that, that they want to sign Daniel Jones longer term, even if it's two or three years. I don't think that serves them. I, listen, we can talk all we want about Jalen Hurts having one big year, but the point is he has progressed and he is a young football player, mm-hmm. whereas Daniel Jones has taken much longer to get here. You need to go out and prove it to me one more time. It's well, yeah, this was, this was a player that was on the outs coming yep. into this year, right? They, they yeah. declined to exercise his fifth-year option. Usually when teams do that with first-round picks – that's a step out the door. But the fact that he did play as well as he did, and really what we're talking about is mistake-free football yeah, because he didn't, he didn't light screw it up. up. I mean, he accounted for 22 total touchdowns, and his turnovers were kept in the single digits. That, that was enough for this team to win based on what the defense did and based on how the running game operated. So I, I, I like Daniel Jones. I don't love Daniel Jones, and it's for that reason that I, I put him on the franchise tag and we play this thing out unless he signs an incredibly – team-friendly deal, but based on the reports that we're hearing, Carlin, it doesn't sound like he's willing to do that. This guy wants a top-of-the-market type of contract. You're talking about $40 million plus, and I'm just not sure if I'm Joe Shane or if I'm the Mara Tish family, I'm comfortable going with going there with Daniel Jones just yet. I know I'm not. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at Progressive Commercial. Dot com. I got a major issue here. Canty, you know, Cam Pratt last week was out on Monday. He is a big Eagles fan. He is a member of the hashtag crew. And he is new to the hashtag crew. And last Monday, he switched shows and shifts so he didn't have to come in early so he could work later in the day, ironically on our show, which I didn't even realize at the moment. But... He did it because he wanted to go down to Philadelphia and watch the Super Bowl with his friends and maybe be able to go and celebrate out on Broad Street if they want. Doesn't show up last week. Okay, Greeny gets on him about that. He fails to see 
Bubba, is this fair to characterize it this way? Fails to see the logic in anything that he did wrong. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. like, again, my biggest issue out of all this was I thought he was going to watch it with his family, which I was yeah. going to at least cut him some slack. He actually was just watching with some random friends. And right. again, I made the point that I, I've gone to countless, I've gone to World Series games, I've gone to Giants-Cowboys games, I've gone to all these games, and I would show up to Mike and Mike much earlier. Yes. I would go the night before, drive back from wherever, go to Mike and Mike and be there. Exactly. This is the point. We're adults. And you work in the sports industry, and Canty, you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan knowing that Greeny is going to want your perspective the next day. But how about today? Cam went to a wedding this weekend Mm -hmm. in Florida, and the wedding was yesterday. Not late, not 6 o'clock. The wedding was midday yesterday. Out today. Yeah, I don't understand that, especially with the locale of the wedding. It was in South Florida. There's 900 flights a day. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not like he couldn't have found a way to get back after the wedding. But his retort to us was, well, who leaves the night after a wedding? Adults do. People have to work, And that was was my response. If you're getting paid to do a job, then you should be at your job. Now, I get it. I guess he might have a day off, so he wants to extenuating circumstances. But you can't have that in back-to-back weeks, Carlin. No. You, no, can't, no. you can't you can't go full Kyrie and just not show up to work. Well, that's basically that's just, maybe that's what you should start calling him on the show, Bubba. Yeah. He's Kyrie. Hashtag Kyrie. Hashtag, Hashtag Kyrie. Kyrie. I show up to work when I want to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I can't get over the fact that not just that he did it, that he feels like there is nothing wrong. I am a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Like Bubba. I went to a Super Bowl one year. I was exceptionally fortunate to get there uh, the year that they beat the the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. The next morning, I had to work on a very early morning show. I was at work at 4 a.m. That's what you do. You show up, especially we're in the sports industry. It's the day after the Super Bowl. I'm just going to switch off. And Bubba, I mean, just be honest about it. Did that, did Greeny, as much as he, I, I saw how much he talked about it. But do you say there's an underlying tension now because of this? Because, hey, you did not show up when we need you to show up. Well, I mean, I think Hembo put it best when he said this was a career-defining uh, moment on the show. So. Well, Hembo was here. He's a big Eagles fan. You no, know, exactly, yeah. And he had to be up even earlier because he didn't get up beforehand. Right? So he was here and was up even earlier. You know, So um, I'd also like to point out that uh, Cam went to this wedding and he – wore a mustache for some unknown reason. So he went down there and shaved his beard into a mustache. So we also have to deal with that, too. He, yeah. he thought that would be a, uh, a good uh, good idea. So we got, a, we got a lot of issues with this guy, with hashtag uh, Kyrie. I'm not sure what's going on with him. And uh, I guess he'll be back tomorrow, you know, unless uh, he's taking a, a recovery day, too. You know, maybe he's doing that, too. Well, Bob, recover from the flight. Well, well, here's the thing. I'll reserve judgment on the mustache front. I will say this. If you go full mustache, like full Tom Selleck, you got to be careful. That's a strong statement. I got to see it before I'm going to judge him on it. But as far as not being at work on back-to-back Mondays, I, I don't know what part of the game is that. So you just show up for work, and then you just have three-day weekends every single week? Uh, who does that, Carlin? I don't know. Oh, okay. Kyrie Irving Can- and Camp Pratt. There you go. That's it. There you go. Have you ever yeah. gone full Selleck yourself? Uh, I have, actually. Not <laughs> a great look for, for me. You. Not a great look for me, Yeah, actually. Yeah. I only did it once when a long time ago, and I didn't do it for long. I was getting my entire beard shaved off on TV 
Mm. And they left the mustache on just to take a picture. And I looked like Andy Reid. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. I either looked like Andy Reid or I looked like Chris Hansen was about to show up in the kitchen. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. basically one of those two things. Why do you I have a actually, seat? I was actually in co- when I, my freshman year in college, Carlin, during training camp, I had half of my head shaved bald and half of my beard shaved bald too. Like, so I had like, I was basically like Two-Face. It was hair on one side and no bet? hair on the other one. Were, were, you, were you pledging at the time? Well, no, I wasn't pledging, but I mean, I was a freshman in UVA football, so I guess that's an indoctrination of sorts. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Canty and Garland on ESPN yeah. Radio and on the ESPN app. I'm not going to suggest anybody, uh, suggest, subject anyone to seeing me with just a mustache ever again. Yeah, I don't think nobody wants to see that. No. We, no. Have, having, having your beard jacked up was enough for all of us. Exactly. Yeah. We are presented by Progressive. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. The NBA breaking news in moments. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. What better way to start your day than with Honey Nut Cheerios? Honey Nut Cheerios is made with whole grain oats, making it a heart-healthy food. It also has a touch of honey, making it delicious so you don't have to compromise on taste. It truly is the perfect combo. Great tasting and good for you. And for a limited time, Cheerios has changed some of its iconic O's into hearts to remind Americans that living a happy, heart-healthy lifestyle can be fun, easy, and delicious. Look for Cheerios with happy heart shapes wherever you buy groceries today. This is from Woj just moments ago, Chris Canty, after finalizing a buyout with the Utah Jazz, nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with... The Los Angeles Clippers. Hello! That'll be Adds a little extra spice to that Clippers-Lakers rivalry, although I don't know if we can call it a rivalry if the other team doesn't win championships. But, Carlin, I love the fact that the Brody's going to be in the same building, and you're talking about the Clippers being a sneaky contender in the Western Conference. This is a team that's playing really good basketball, Carlin. They've won 10 of the last 14 going into the All-Star break. And, Carlin, 10 of those games were on the road. So this is a team that's trending in the right direction. But more importantly, Kawhi Leonard is trending in the right direction from a health standpoint, playing more often than not. So adding Russell Westbrook to the team, some more bench scoring with Norman Powell, I like the move. Mm, I'm eh, – Trending in the right direction and Russell Westbrook are not two things that tend to go well together. you got to understand his role, though. Russell Westbrook is going to be a bench scorer. He's instant energy. You know he's going to be around. He's going to be available. Having that guy in your second unit ain't a bad thing. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? That's right. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on your smart speakers. Canty, time for a little I'm sorry what. Some interesting quotes over the All-Star weekend from NBA players. Let's start with Kevin Durant, who has asked if the trade is bad for the league, if players demanding trades is bad for the league. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got in the 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 news hits that we got from me being traded Kyrie being traded just bring more attention to the league and that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention so um, I think it's great for the league to be honest teams been trading players and 
making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, uh, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade is just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game. There's a degree of truth in what he's saying there, but for teams that are in a position where they commit to a player long term only to have that player bail out after six months, and not specifically speaking of Durant here, I don't think that's a good thing. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing, Carlin. I actually like the player mobility and this aspect of player um, empowerment because they get to hold organizations accountable. They have an opportunity to dictate to franchises in a way that we've never seen across all major team sports. Now, with the Brooklyn situation, because it was such a disaster, you know, KD and Kyrie have to absorb a lot of the blame for how things played out. And so from that lens, you don't feel good about what KD is saying. But he's not wrong, Carlin. More now than ever, fans root for individual players more so than the team. So I I understand exactly what he's saying. And the people that are buying Kevin Durant sneakers and Kevin Durant jerseys, they just got a new set of kicks and a new set of jerseys to buy with this trade to the Phoenix Suns. So basically on his face, I agree with everything that Kevin Durant's saying. You might not like it because of the timing of it and because of how everything played out the last four years in Brooklyn, but he's not wrong. One more from Kyrie Irving. I don't know who created the term load management. I don't know who started the narrative, but it's completely run amok. I think it's dehumanized some of us in terms of uh, just the way we prepare ourselves day to day. This is a 24-7 job. I'm sorry, what? A 24-7 job job? from Kyrie Irving? Maybe we have somebody else speaking about that. Maybe Kyrie, just take a pass on that question. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't understand why load management dehumanizes players. This is what you get paid to do. When you're signing a contract, the presumption is that you're going to play in all 82 regular season games and all the playoff games. So I don't understand why it's dehumanizing for people to be critical of load management, especially when the average folks can't afford to go to every single game. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.